great to be here to see God just continuing to bless your church. It's no surprise I, I have known your pastor a long time, and uh, he has been faithful to do whatever God's called him to do. And I watched him as a youth pastor just stay and, and just stay and stay and stay, and we thought he was never going to leave. <laughs> and, and most youth pastors are a little more you know, uh, they, they move around a little, but he just stayed and did what God told him to do, and then God's blessed him and promoted him, and you're part of his blessing. Amen. And he's part of your blessing, or they are. He was single. It's amazing. I, I still use him as an example uh, for people because he went to Ramah and didn't get married, and there's a lot of, a lot of opportunity to do that there. And he came back to Idaho where, you know, have you ever heard that there's just nobody here? <laughs> well, there wasn't anybody. And, uh, I, but, but you just watch God. And I honestly thought about it. I thought, how's he ever going to get married here? And, uh, boy, God just brought the, you know, and, that, and that I tell single people that and use him as an example, but I don't use his name. But, uh, <laughs> you know, there may not be anybody or, or very many choices wherever God sends you, but you only need one. <laughs> you don't have to do the percentages or the odds. You just need the one that God has for you, and he can put you together with somebody anywhere he chooses to send you. And so uh, you're just blessed. I'm excited to see the church grow and, and the growing strength and all the different ministries and outreaches you have. It's a uh, a blessing to this community and to the world. You know, the world is better because of churches like this. And you may not feel like it's really doing all that it wants to do, and I'm sure you have visions and dreams that are bigger than what you're doing, but we're the salt of the earth right now. And what you're doing here matters right now to this city and to this whole world. Praise God. Uh, I, um, you know, I was just going to share a few things. Um, um, most of you I, I don't know, and so uh, we'll just get acquainted tonight. This is Saturday night, right? Yeah. You know, if you come to church on Saturday night, you're asking for it. <laughs> Sunday morning, we understand, you know. I used to say that, that, you know, that everybody ought to have church services where you can bring a friend, and, and you know, it's nice, and, and, it's, and, and it's polite, and and everything, and you know, you know, when they're done, sometimes, you know, you, you don't know what they're going to think about it, but you know you're still going to be friends after it's over, but you need some services. <laughs> Where you bring somebody, and things happen, and you don't know if they're ever going to speak to you. <laughs> that would be a Saturday night type of service, or a Sunday night type yeah. of service. Anyway. Uh, uh, one of the things that have happened happened to me, I've traveled for 18 years almost, well, it'll be 19, what is this, June? It's 19 years, and it flew by. I started when I was five. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> um, but we, we got an office with a friend of mine, and uh, he's sort of a missionary evangelist, and he bought an office building about two minutes from my house, and so he wanted to rent. Uh, you know, rent part of it out to us, and so we thought, great, we'll move in, so we did, and it's a pain to move all your stuff, and phone lines, and all that, and we got all moved in, 
And I just figured, you know, he's going to be there for until he retires, you know. And uh, so last week he said, you know, we're trying to sell this building. I thought, great. <laughs> uh, so it's, you know, it's kind of an imposition. But we just found, uh, when you were talking about prayer, it, it really reminded me, we just, so we had to go try to find an office, and I wanted something fairly close. But we found an office, uh, a, well, a couple offices, that we need the size that we need uh, just a couple of miles from our house and it's on the sixth floor which is the top floor of this building and in my office it's solid windows and and so we walked in there my wife found it we walked in there and there was peace there and I just believe that's going to be my new prayer room and so I'm so excited about getting back and we're going to fix it up we're going to soundproof the walls <laughs> it's the first thing I do soundproof the walls and, uh, and just really make that a, a, we were just talking, I was just talking to my wife a couple of weeks before. I said, you know, I just, I, I pray in hotels all the time and I come home and I said, I'd really like to have a place that's up where you could just see out where you don't feel like you're closed in and where I could spend praying. And boy, boom, God just provided it. So we're excited about that. I just took off four months and, and uh, uh I, I took a sabbatical. I never knew what that was till I needed one. <laughs> so I better find out what to call this. And so sabbatical seems to go over pretty good. But uh, I traveled for 18 years just as hard as I could go. And I guess I wore myself out because I, I just couldn't go anymore. And so in December, I uh, canceled some things and I said, I'm just going to stop. And so uh, because for 18 years I hadn't stopped. I wasn't in one place for more than three weeks, but maybe two times. Other than that, for 18 years I was gone every week or at least every two weeks, and many times two or three places in a week. And uh, so it just, I just had to stop. And, and uh, I didn't know what was gonna happen as far as our ministry goes, but I just knew I can't do this anymore. And people just responded. It was wonderful. They, they wrote cards. When you travel, you know, you see people, and then you're, you leave. You don't know if anything happened, or, or at least you don't know if they're mad at you. But, but you don't know if they liked it either, because you just leave, and, and you really just don't know what's out there. And when I wrote this letter to all the, of our, our friends, it gave them an opportunity to, to respond, and, and we were just overwhelmed with the the, the notes and the letters and the cards, the phone calls, the emails, and the, and the money. And uh, we just, uh, what a blessing. And you guys sent, sent us an offering during that time. What a blessing uh, just uh, to, to just stop after traveling that hard. And you know, our finances didn't go down at all. And it really taught me something. I don't have to beat my brains out traveling every week to make it. And so uh, I'm going to do more praying and, and do more things at home. But I have a word. I said all that just to kind of catch you up and thank you. But I, do, I did get some things during that time that I believe are of vital importance right now for the church. And uh, I know this is going to be something that you'll um, bear witness to. But more than anything, I want it to affect us in a very powerful way so that we can put these things into practice. You know, we're not supposed to be hearers of the word only. So I want to try to help you through this weekend and please try to come tomorrow night. You can come tomorrow morning too if you, if you want to. Uh, but but to, 
but tomorrow night will be a continuation. And in fact, if you're not going to come tomorrow night, we want your name because we're going to uh, we're going to give you we're going to keep you longer tonight, <laughs> so that you get the whole message. Uh, because it's, you know, I just can't get it all in tonight. Are you ready? Yes. So, why don't we do this? Let's stand up one more time. And uh, we're going to pray. We just, we get your uh, Christmas cards with all your kids and, and your beautiful family. In fact, they're stuffed in my ministry file. Uh, I opened the, my file up. My, no, they're with me. I don't have pictures of my family, but I have pictures of your family. <laughs> Somebody asked me the other day, let me see your family. I said, well, I don't have a picture of my family, but here's a family we really like. <laughs> no, I opened the file up to find out how to get here because I had the directions, and all these postcards fell out with all these pictures. What a beautiful family. Wow, you guys are doing a good job. Might as well keep going. <laughs> If I could make kids like that, you know. All right, well, let's pray and we'll get into the Word. Father, thank you so much for the Word. We ask you to speak to us tonight. We're so grateful for the, the, the church that you've raised up here, for the, the impact that it's having in the lives of people. And I just pray that these words would be uh, spirit and life, that they would go into the hearts and minds of your people and that we would not just be hearers, but we would be doers of the Word. I pray that I would minister the Word boldly and accurately as I ought to, and that uh, the Holy Spirit anoints me to speak and minister according to your will. We just give you all the praise and glory and honor for it. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. You can be seated. Turn with me to Psalm 1-8. And we'll, we're going to start with Psalm 1-8 and Joshua. Um, not Psalm 1-8. Psalm 1 and Joshua 1-8. Psalm 1-1. And Joshua 1-8. And uh, we'll begin with Psalm 1. 1, he says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. Now, you could just say the word of God. We don't call it the law anymore. It's God's word. So a man who, who, uh, whose delight is in the word of God is, is blessed... And in his law, or in his word, he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Now, that verse number three is just a, a, an example of success. It's just another way of saying he's going to succeed. He's going to be fruitful. In other words... Uh, he's going to be blessed. He's going to be paid when he's supposed to be paid, promoted when he's supposed to be promoted, he or she, and, and they're going to prosper. They're going to fulfill their destiny. They're going to do what they were created to do. How many of you know a tree is created to bear fruit? Amen. Well, you were created to do something, and if you want to be successful at it, he's giving us the key. In fact, the secret of success is not a secret. It's very clear in God's Word if you want to be like a... Now, now, here's the thing about the tree planted by the, the rivers of water. 
it doesn't matter what the weather's like. If a tree's planted by a river, and if you fly across the country, you can see in different places where a river is. And many places are, are dry and, and brown, but then there'll be a green belt. You can just see green, and, and, and if you look close, you'll see a river in there, in, in the middle of the green. Why? Because those trees are going to get their moisture and what they need, whether it rains or not. Whether things are uh, accommodating or, or the climate and the, and the economy is what it's supposed to be or not, they're still going to prosper and, and, and still going to bear fruit. So that's what we want, isn't it? I want to I do what I was created to do. I want to be successful. I'm not, this isn't like a success seminar, but we ought to want to be successful, shouldn't we? And we ought to want to do what we were created to do. You hear a lot of talk about destiny and fulfilling your destiny and being what God's called you to be. And, and, and so this, this verse tells us how to do that. And we'll go back to verse 2. Here's what this person does. His delight is in the Word of God, and in His Word he meditates day and night. The Message Bible says you chew on Scripture day and night. The Amplified says he habitually meditates, ponders, and studies by day and by night. The Word of God. Everybody say the Word of God. So that's Bible, it's not my opinion, and it's not just what we believe in our movement or in the faith movement or whatever. This is the Bible. If you want to be successful, bear fruit in your season, then you meditate in the Word day and night. Or, in other words, the Word has to have a place in it, a part in it. Now go over to Joshua chapter 1 and uh, verse 8, and this is God speaking to Joshua, preparing him for the task ahead, and it's a... He had a huge responsibility. In verse 8, he says, This book of the law shall not depart. Now look that up, and it means it shall not cease or be taken away or to be removed. The word of God shall not depart out of your mouth. It shall not cease out of your mouth. It shall not be taken away from out of your mouth. It shall not uh, be removed from out of your mouth. In other words, you're going to keep saying the word of God. The word of God needs to continually come out of your mouth. This book of the law, and we could just say it that way, or the word of God shall continue to come from your mouth. You shall meditate uh, in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you'll make your way what? Prosperous. And then you'll have what? Good success. So here again is the word telling us the secret to success. And the secret to success has to do with God's word. It's interesting to me, and this is what I want to just really hammer on tonight. It didn't say that if you love God with all of your heart and you choose to follow Him and you have great motives and, and your desires are pure, that you'll be successful and prosperous in your life. And I have a feeling that that's the way we feel or that's the way we look at it. We know we love God, we want to do right, we want to succeed, we go to church, but it didn't say that that's what would make you prosperous. It didn't say that that's what was going to give you success. It says that meditating in the Word, not, not stopping, don't stop saying the Word of God. Keep the Word of God in the center, or give it central focus. And I'm going to talk about how to do that later. Right now, I just want to make the case that success and the Word of God go hand in hand. 
and you, you really can't take the two apart. We need God's word in order to do what God's called us to do. Willpower alone is not enough to succeed in life and succeed in the kingdom of God. I want to succeed in a scriptural way, right? I mean, I don't want to just go out and make money or go out and be successful in the world's eyes. You can do that without God's help, but I want to be successful in God's kingdom under God's definition of success. And to do that, you cannot separate it, success from God's word. His word must play a part in our lives. Amen. Amen. If you want to be prosperous and have good success, then you've got to meditate in the word or give the word first place in your life. Can you see that? Good intentions are good, but they're not enough in, in and of themselves. Having an, a salvation experience is, is powerful and life-changing, but it's not enough to run on for the rest of your life. You've, the Word has to play a role day and night. In other words, daily, the Word of God has to have influence in your life if you're going to make it and make it the way God wants you to. I want to make it. How about you? So, so I want to give you some illustrations now and talk to you about God's Word because what I'd like to know is why. Why is the Word so important? What is it about? And, and God's not saying it like this. He's not saying you better read your Bible or I'm not going to prosper you. That's not what it says. He's not saying do, do this because it's a religious routine and you should do it every day. And if you'll do it every day, then you're scoring points. And if you get so many points, then you'll succeed. That's not, that's not how that's written. There's a connection between God's word and your success. We as Christians need to make that connection. Because we live in a busy world where it's easy to put other things in place of God's word. We live in a world that does not elevate God's word at all. We live in a church world that does not appreciate or elevate the word of God at all. And we as, as spirit-filled word of faith Christians, we need to understand that in order to succeed, we've got to have the word. There's something about God's word that is powerful and life-changing and you need it. You need it. It's not that God needs you to read it. And it's not just read it so you don't forget what to do. How many of you know what to do? And, and I'll tell you when this ignited in me. I went to a minister's conference not long ago, and, and uh, it was actually just a couple of weeks ago, and they recommended about four books. And I got all four of them. Or three, I got three books, and then somebody else recommended I got the other one. And I read one of them. And, and it's a minister's conference, and there's, if you don't know it, there's been an outbreak, uh, uh, an epidemic of ministers falling into immorality and, and that type of thing. And so uh, this first book I read was on them. I, I don't know. They might all three be on that, but uh, I haven't read the others yet. And so I got this book, and I read the whole thing. And, and, you know, I came off of a four-month sabbatical. I was just tired and fatigued, and I need energy. I need strength. So I, these guys recommended these books. I thought, that's what I need. I'm going to read that book. Well, I read the book, and it just, it just tells you, don't do it. It'll hurt you. Here's why you shouldn't do it. Here's why you shouldn't do it, too. 
And here's what else it'll do to you. And here's what it did to them. And here's what it'll do to them. And, here's, and it just goes on and on. And I'm thinking after the first three pages, I agree with you. How many times do I need to hear you tell us not to do it? I knew that before I read the book. Everybody that did it knew not to do it. So I read the book and I thought, don't do it. <laughs> but it, it didn't add anything. You know what I'm saying? I mean, sure, it helped as far as, as reinforcing your own will, your own choices. But that only goes so far. It, it, here's the way I, I see it. The space shuttle is, a, is, is an awesome invention. And it's got the, you know, it's got very complex computers and, and, and machinery, and, and it's really a modern marvel. And, and the thing is equipped to go into space and orbit the Earth and come back and land, you know, right on a, on a, on a pinpoint landing strip. It's just a, a modern miracle. But, but did you know that the space shuttle, if it didn't have fuel, none of that stuff would be any good? All the computers, all the planning, all the strategy, everything they've done to make that thing go and come exactly when and where it's supposed to, it wouldn't do a thing without fuel. And I'm concerned that in the modern age we live in, people have confused complexity and high-sounding, wonderful ideas with fuel. And they're two different things. Listen, the Word of God is fuel to you. And if you don't have fuel, I don't care how good your intentions are, what your dreams and plans are, how good your, your five-year plan is, you're not going to get off the launch pad without fuel. Willpower will get you to the launch pad, but it's fuel that's going to get you to the goal, the destination. And if we don't understand that there are books and there are Programs on radio and television that are Christian, but they're not food. There's a big difference. And as the people of God today, we need to recognize the difference. You need to realize you need word power, not willpower, word power. And you need to spend a certain amount of your time each day getting the word and listening to Christian radio on the way to work while you're drinking your coffee is not... Your, your daily devotional. I really believe that, that our... I don't believe that we're faced with greater temptations than any other generation. I really don't believe that. I mean, think about Rome and Babylon and all the things that have gone before that were just given over to sin. I don't think the temptations have changed, but what I think has changed are the distractions. Instead of five ways to not read your Bible, now we got a thousand. And when you get distracted and other things creep in, rather than the Word of God, your tank gets empty and you don't realize it. I, I dare say, and I wish somebody, and I may write a book myself because I believe it needs to be said, I wish somebody would point to this very important part of our success. Listen, a tree planted by the rivers of water that bears fruit in its season is not falling. 
It's not failing. It's not. I believe that in, in every case, the word of God was squeezed out, cut off. There wasn't a, an adequate diet of God's word. Why? Because if you meditate in the word day and night, if you feed on the word of God and let it work in you, you will succeed. You will prosper in the thing and uh, what you do. And everything you do, everything you do will prosper. Isn't that what the Bible says? It's not what I said. It's what the Bible says. And so what happens is we've only got so much time, and, and if, you, if you spend the, the time you have reading Christian materials that, that aren't rich in the Word of God, you're not going to be, you're going to get a lot of junk food is what you're getting, and it's not something you can live on. Listen, the Word of God is powerful. Let, let me just give you some scriptures that talk about the Word. In John 6, 63, Jesus said, My words are spirit and they are life. That means there's something in God's word that's different than other words. God's word is different than a novel or even, a, a, even some Christian books. They're spirit and life. In Acts 19, 20, the Bible says the word of the Lord grew mightily and prevailed. You see, if the word is given a chance to get in and to do its work, it will grow and prevail. It will change things. It will change the way you think. It will move out obstacles, habits, addictions, things that people struggle with. I believe people are trying to beat addictions and bondages with no fuel just with willpower alone and you can't do it with willpower alone you can do it for a few days but but it, but it's not going to be permanent until the word of god is allowed to work in you listen the word does a lot of the work but it's got to get in you to do the work see there's a difference between between uh knowing god's word having heard the bible doesn't say faith comes from having heard it says it comes from hearing. There's a difference from having heard the Word of God and hearing it today, feeding on it today. It's not the Word you know or have heard or you remember that's going to change your life today. It's the Word you're, you're feeding on. It's the Word that's real to you now. I mean, the, the Word of God, Jesus said, man shall not live by what? Bread alone. He quoted the Old Testament where God said that. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So he's comparing God's word to food, and that's a very good comparison. Food is fuel, isn't it? So, so some Christians are, are, are going on past revelation or past feedings, and that's like saying, you know, I've had steak before. How many of you are really affected today by steak you had six months ago I mean you've had the experience you know what it's like you benefited from that but it's not helping you today it's not the steak that you ate that's making a difference today it's what you ate today that's going to make a difference in your life 
And I think we need to understand that because I, I feel like we, we get into the Christian mode and the Christian routine and we think, you know, I'm just on autopilot. You're, no, you're not. You're going to run out of fuel if you don't feed and, and stoke up. If you really want to be successful, meditate in the Word day and night. And, and that's, it's not as hard as it sounds, and we'll explain that later. But, but really, we, we've got to understand that, that it's a continual feeding that is important. And you can't get enough at church. No. I mean, you, you, you got to go to a church that preaches the word or you don't have a chance. That's right. but, but you can't just depend. I mean, how many of you would, would be able to function physically on three meals a week? That's all you had. If, you, if that's all you had was three, you couldn't function on that. So you get food here, but you've got, to, if we're going to really enjoy the success that's promised in the Word of God, then we need to do what it says. I believe there's more success out there for us, and success, by success, at this point, my, my goals are not that high for the body right now. Uh, my, my, my definition of success is that you don't self-destruct, okay? If we could just eliminate that, I would be happy right now. People are falling everywhere. And you're going, what is the problem? I believe that we're suffering from malnutrition. I believe that's the, the, the epidemic because we don't value the word. We don't see the place the word holds. We don't give the attention to the word that we should. And we're suffering for a lack of it. Yeah. Malnutrition. Listen, when you, when you see it as malnutrition, then it makes it look a whole lot different, doesn't it? It's not that we're some inferior generation or some generation that's overwhelmed by the temptations of the world. The modern age is just too much for us. No, we're all starving to death. Not all of us, but there are people starving to death spiritually. And if you were as low as they were and you've seen these leaders fall and you go, how could they do that? Well, you know what? If you were in their position and you were as starved as they are and you hadn't had a moment with God as long as they've had, you know, I mean, people quit praying. They quit reading their Bible and stay in the ministry. That's a recipe for disaster. If you were as hungry as they were, you might have done worse. Are you with me? If you, if you saw a guy stumbling down the street and he couldn't walk and he would fall and get up and fall and get up and fall, you could give him a book on walking. You know? You obviously have a problem walking. Let me explain it to you. Let's show you how to do your feet and how to hold your shoulders, your head. You're doing everything wrong. I mean, you're a disaster. And what you need is, you know what, you need five books on walking. <laughs> Read these books, and we will tell you how to walk. Well, that might be all right if that was his only problem, but if his problem was he hasn't eaten a decent meal in three or six months, you might want to feed him. If we could get him fed, he might be able to walk without the book. <laughs> See what I mean? Go to a Christian bookstore. They'll tell you how to do everything you're doing wrong. And then as a footnote, oh yeah, by the way, pray and read your Bible every day. And that's all they say about it. That's it. It's just a footnote. It ought to be the main topic. 
Because until you do that, you have no reason to expect to succeed. You have no reason to expect to prosper. You have no reason to expect anything but failure because it takes more than just a good will, a, a, a will to do it, a desire to do right. It takes more than that to do right. Amen? We got the answer right here. Now, I feel very strongly about this. You know how they say, you know, different, <laughs> you probably don't know this. And you might wonder how I know it, and I'm not sure, but <laughs> different drinks of alcohol, they have the alcohol content. With like 10% alcohol or 15% alcohol. We need to do that with, with Christian material. We need to do word content. Word content. We ought to have one of those commercials where you take some Christian books and you put a stack of them right, you know, like this and say it would take this many books to equal this much word, you know. It's not wrong to read books and, and, and that's it's healthy and it's educational, but you better read the Bible. You better make sure that if you don't have time for but one book, it ought to be God's Word. We need to learn, and I'm going to talk about how to do that, but we need to learn how to feed on God's Word. You see, there's something in God's Word that you need in your life. It's not just a natural book. It doesn't do you any good in book form. But the, the power and the energy... And the strength you need to live your life is in these words. God designed it that way. Of course, prayer is important. But I, and we could do another seminar on prayer, but we're not talking about that right now. You can't substitute the word for prayer, and you can't substitute prayer for the word. You've got to have them both. But listen, you've got to have God's word. It's our daily bread. You cannot live without daily bread. You cannot be successful without God's word. If the, the success you have in the kingdom of God is directly related to God's word working in your life. So Jesus said, my words are spirit and life. Jeremiah said, thy words were found and I did eat them. There's this disconnect, I think, in modern life when we read the Bible and then we think about our situation. I mean, we have cars, we have jobs, we have offices, we have deals, business decisions to make. And sometimes it's, it's difficult to, to, to figure out how does something written to the Ephesians 2,000 years ago relate to what I'm dealing with. In fact, you know, I didn't read my Bible yesterday and things were fine. Oh Amen. I mean, I, I didn't have my devotions for the last week because I was too busy and, and everything's all right. Well, failure doesn't happen in one day. Starvation doesn't happen in one day. And so you, you may have a hard time feeling like the Bible's relevant. There's such a uh, there's such a, a push these days to make church relevant. And, and really, I mean, in the terms that, that, that they're using, the Bible itself isn't really that relevant unless they use the Ten Commandments. And let me just tell you, there's not a lot of food value in the Ten Commandments. Are you with me? Now listen to me. They're good and they are God's Word. 
But Jesus talked about the weightier matters of the law. That means there are weightier matters and lighter matters. That means there's some of God's word that's more, got more nutrients, more of what you need than others. I mean, if you go read the, the begats, that's not going to do a whole lot for you, but it's in the Bible. So-and-so begat so-and-so begat so-and-so, and it's true, and it's God's word, but if you got five minutes, don't, don't go there. Because you'll get done, and you'll say, I need a chart. I mean, I, 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 I got lost in there somewhere. So it, there are portions of scripture that that have just like food that have more energy in them but you can take the the best the best verses the best chapters the best books are in the new testament okay well how could you say that it's all god's word well god himself said it's a better covenant didn't he how many of you believe the news better than the old well if the news better i want to go to the better that doesn't mean we don't read the old. We do read the old. But go to the new, and, and what's even better in the new are the epistles. Because the epistles were the letters written to who? Church. The church. That would be you. So, so the epistles were written just for you. And God put in those things you would need to succeed, that, that you would need to make it in modern life. And it may sound old-fashioned, and it may not seem relevant, and it may seem like, you know, he was talking to Ephesians and, and about their problems. And, but you read it and feed on it and let that word come into your spirit. So, well, how can that have such a great effect? Well, let me ask you this. If you had to go have an appointment tomorrow and, and, and maybe it was in a very important meeting, a business deal that was going to be you know make or break tomorrow you had to be at your best if i gave you two eggs and some fruit and toast and said take this with you this will help you well if you put that in your briefcase you might wonder how are these eggs going to do anything here in this meeting how is it going to affect the outcome and he told me to take them so i mean i'm going to take them well it's not putting the eggs in your briefcase is going to make a difference. Yeah. You don't get your eggs out, you know, and your bacon and toast and say, at your business deal and say, this is good for you. This is what I bring to every meeting. <laughs> they might think that you're not relevant to you to do that. And they wouldn't be relevant in that sense. But you don't bring them that way. You put the eggs in your stomach. You put the food in your stomach. And they become very relevant. How is that? Because your, your body, and this is the mystery, this is what makes the Word of God apply. The mystery is you put that in and your body turns that into energy, strength, tissues, fibers, whatever you need, your body is able to convert it out of that food. And, and it affects your brain, it affects the way you, you feel, it affects the way you perform, the way you speak. It affects everything about you, but it doesn't do one thing until you get it in your stomach. Right. It's totally irrelevant until it's in your stomach. Right. 
And then it begins to affect you. And it doesn't take long to feel the effects. And long term, the effects are life and death. The Word of God is exactly that way. There's things in this Word that you need that you can't succeed without. And so he's trying to tell us over and over, take the Word. Feed on it. Read it. Meditate on it. It's not the impact that you get at that moment that's going to make the difference. Some people have this high standard for their daily devotion. They want to have some sort of out-of-body experience every day <laughs> and see angels and have a, you know, go to the third heaven and hear words that are unspeakable. Well, that's not going to happen every day. And you're not going to probably read things that are going to say, you know, turn left at this next intersection. It's not going to be that specific. But it's not meant to do that. You get it in your spirit. And when that word gets in your spirit, it breaks it down. And out comes the life. And out comes the spirit. And out comes the strength, the wisdom. Everything you need to be who God's called you to be comes out of that. It doesn't matter. That's why he said, whatever you do will prosper. Why? Because this, this food will make you better at anything. So, so, so you don't have to get some new revelation every day. Just get in there and feed on the Word, read the Word. It doesn't have to be some sort of lightning bolt. Sometimes you might read the Bible and leave and think, that was just, you know, that's a waste of time. I've used this example before. My wife was here. She, she would laugh. But, 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 you know, when we, when we get together to eat at home, she fixes a meal. I don't fall off my chair every time she cooks and say, oh, this food, it, it, it's just it, it, beyond my ability to express. It, it, you, you've outdone yourself. I'm not worthy to partake of such delicacies. How could you do it again? It's not like that. You just sit down and you eat, right? It doesn't have to be some out-of-body, earth-moving experience to eat. You just eat. And, and you get up and you say, thank you, that was good. Or, you know, it was so-so. <laughs> that she wouldn't laugh at, but you're, we're not going to tell her. But, but you, just, you just eat it, and, and, and it's normal. It's ordinary. It, you, it, you do it every day. It's not that. It's not that much. You, you know, it's not some sort of holy experience necessarily. But it's something you do, and you feel the effects of it all day, all week, all month. And we've got to get that committed to God's word. It doesn't have to move. You don't have to have goosebumps. Just read it, meditate on it, think on it, use God's word, and and let the word do the work. We don't, we don't, once we eat the food, we just let the food, we, we let our body take over, right? You don't, you know, say, now it's time to move into the lower intestine, you know. <laughs> you don't control all that. We don't have time for that, right? You don't have time. You, you've got a certain amount of time to give attention to God's word. Do that and let the word do the work. It's guaranteed to bring about success in your life, to make you prosper in whatever you do. 
Why we don't emphasize it is beyond me. I don't understand it. But I read that book and I thought, this is a Christian book. There are Christians reading this book. They're thinking that they're doing their Christian duty to read this book. And there's hardly any food value in it. I think we ought to rate the books. Now, now this is a good book, but it's got 5% word content. So read it if you want. If you got time for that, go right ahead. But if you're really needing help and you really need to bulk up, if you really need some energy, if you really need to go to the next level, you might want to just focus on the epistles for a while. Just read those. Just stay with it. Read them every day. Take the Word of God and read it and, and, and wait for something to sort of jump out at you and, and say, you know, I'm going to chew on that one today. And, and then, and then and work that into your life. He's not asking for any more time. You only have so much time anyway. He's just saying, if you're going to give attention to something, give attention to the Word. Let the Word of God have its place in your life. So what happens? Well, it gets in and it's a cumulative effect. And that's what's so deceptive about it. You're not going to go have a great Bible study in the morning and say, my life is totally forever changed. <laughs> no. It, it's, it, it works like food. You, you just feed on it and you will change. Because the Word of God is powerful. It's kind of like, you know, an aspirin. Uh, you have a headache, they say you take an aspirin. Well, <laughs> you'd think if your head hurts and you're going to take an aspirin, you'd put it on your head. But you don't. You put it in your stomach. And let me get this right now. I put the aspirin in my stomach and it helps my head. Yes. Good. Well, I had uh, some problems with my shoulder and I went to the doctor and he said, take an aspirin. I said, no, that's for your head. <laughs> no, it'll work for your shoulder. I said, well, well, do I put it on my shoulder? No, put it in your stomach. Well, that's where I put it for my head. Yeah. How does it know? <laughs> How does it know? Put the Word of God in your spirit. It doesn't have to have your name on it. It doesn't have to be exactly what you're dealing with. Listen, the Word of God is quick and powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. There's something in the Word of God that's released when it gets in your spirit, and you need that to succeed. There's a good program out there on the radio, James Dobson. He's a wonderful man, and he does a great work. His program, and we need to make the, the different. We need to differentiate between uh, these different ministries and what they do and what they're supposed to do. His program is informative. It's not food. It's information. We need it, and he's called of God to do it. Thank God he's doing it, but, but, but that's not food. Get your information after you get your food. But make sure if you have to do without one, skip the information. Because listen, if you get information without food, you won't have any power to do anything about it. You'll be writing your own book. Here's how you fail. <laughs> Don't do this. 
Well, we already knew not to do that. I'm telling you, I believe there are Christians that are living just mediocre lives that could see total improvement, success, promotion like they've never dreamed if they just do it God's way. Put the word in. And let the word do the work. Just like the food does its work, the aspirin does its work. You don't have to tell it where to go. Just put it in. Right? Put it in. Now, let me give you two more. And, uh, and we're going to close. But now, you promised to come back tomorrow night because we're going to go on. Proverbs. Proverbs uh, 4. There's a scripture, another scripture in Acts where Paul said, it's Acts 20, verse 32. And Paul said to the uh, Ephesians, when he saw them for the last time, he said, he said, now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among them that are sanctified. The word does that. The Word does that. The Word builds you up and it gives you your inheritance. The Bible says that we're born again by the incorruptible seed of the Word of God. That means that you couldn't be saved without God's Word on salvation. Did you know that we have altar services and we see a lot of things happen at the altar? But did you know that nothing would happen at the altar if it wasn't for God's Word? Did you know if we didn't have God's word, you could bring people down here, but we couldn't get them saved? You can't pray them saved. They're saved because of God's word. They act on the word. In fact, whatever happens here at the altar is a result of somebody responding to the word, and we pray to do that. But if it wasn't for the word, there'd be nothing to pray about. We wouldn't have any leg to stand on. So God's word is the central focus the bible says heaven and earth will pass away but my word shall not pass away the kingdom is built on the word of god your life should be built on the word of god god's word should be working in you daily and and so what i'm doing i mean everybody's heard you need to read your bible every day and you've heard that from all of us we've all said that but i'm taking that to another level it's vital what would you think about somebody who went to the doctor and they were, they were fatigued and, and weak and, and listless and didn't have any energy and they got sick all the time and they're pale and, and, and drawn and, and, and the doctor says, well, you know, are you, are, are you eating right? Oh, I don't have time to eat. I'm busy. You don't know what all I do. I mean, I got kids. I got responsibilities. I got a job. And eating is, I, I do it every once in a while. I mean... I do go out a couple times a week. Huh? Everybody's got time to eat. We can eat, can't we? I mean, we can't eat. I thought of this. I'm going to go a little bit over. Is that all right? It's Saturday night. I'm going to have to, tomorrow I'll keep it. But if you... <laughs> You know what? You have a church like you. <laughs> Quick-witted. 
<laughs> and a little on the smart aleck you said. <laughs> if you took hunger, just if you could imagine this, and sometimes, I mean, it's impossible for some folks to, but if you took hunger out of the equation, just, feel, just pretend like you don't get hungry, because spiritually, we're not as aware of spiritual hunger pains. Did you know that? In fact, when you don't read the Bible and don't go to church for a while, you don't even want to. But if you took hunger out of the equation and you were going to interview somebody who was going to become a human being, and you're going to tell them, you know, you're going to become a person and you're going to have a destiny, you're going to have a family, you've got responsibilities, you're going to have to make money, you're going to have to pay bills, and, 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 and all that, you're going to have to do what I've called you to do. Oh, and by the way, some of the money that you work to make, a good portion of it, you're going to have to go buy food. And you're going to buy this food, bring it home and store it, and you're going to have to buy things to store it in. Then you're going to have to prepare it, and you have to buy things to prepare it in. And then after you, after you prepare it, you're going to have to eat it, and after you eat it, you're going to have to clean up. And you're going, ooh, this food thing is kind of involved. <laughs> And you're going to want to do this two, three times a day. You go, you know what? you got to be kidding me. This sounds like another one of them religious bondage things. You're putting me under some kind of yoke here. Don't tell me that i got to do all that for food and do it two or three times a day. I don't have time for that. i got to live. i got to live my life. I'm supposed to go find the food, pay for the food, Bring the food home, store the food, cook the food, eat the food, and clean the food up two or three times a day? No. You know what? We could probably do it two or three times a week. That'd work. But two or three times a day, no. Uh, but when you add hunger in, how many of you just are going to go home and you're going to fix some food and eat it and clean up? Get up tomorrow and do it again. And happy to do it. <laughs> and then what gets me is we do that all week, every day. Two, three, sometimes four, five <laughs> times a day. We get to the end of our work week. We've worked hard. We've done everything required of us. It's Friday. We got one night to do whatever we want. What do we do? <laughs> I got an idea. Let's go stand in line for 45 minutes. Wait for a table. Sit down. Pay 10 times what it's worth. And eat again. And happy to do it. Isn't that how it is? We've got this food thing figured out physically. We've got to put some emphasis on it spiritually. Yeah. Spiritual food will do more for you than physical food. Both of them are vital. But in the long run, spiritual food will put you over. So, Proverbs 4, he gives us a little bit of understanding of how to do this. My son, give attention to my words. You've only got so much attention. You're busy. There are a lot of things to do. You need to take part of your attention and give it to the Word. Here's how you do it. Incline your ear to His sayings. 
Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. So that means you've got to listen to it, keep it in front of you, and keep it in your heart. So you need to be looking at it, listening to it, and thinking about it. That takes some training. That takes some practice. But you know what? It's worth it. We need to practice feeding on the Word of God. Jeremiah said, Thy words were found, and I did eat them. You have to chew something to eat it. You can't speed read the Bible. And there's a lot of things that I want to get into, but that's why I'm a little leery of these read the Bible through in a year program. It's good to read it through in a year, but I know what happens is you get behind, and then you try to catch up, and then you speed read, and then you're just wasting your, you might as well not have done it just to say that you did it. I'd rather eat it and, and get the benefit of it and not have read it all through. <laughs> In fact, if you just stick with the good parts, you can really get changed. All right? So, and then Deuteronomy 6, and I don't, I'm not going to be able to get this far, I don't think, in the morning, but, so I may, I may reiterate some of this tomorrow night, at least Deuteronomy 6, but I just love this. And it'll be good for you. And we'll close with this. But Deuteronomy 6, it's so practical and so helpful because he's telling us how to give attention to the Word. God knows you can't just quit your job, be a monk, and sit with the Bible, your legs crossed all day. You can't do that. And he's not asking you to do that. He's just asking you to put the Word of God incorporated into your life. And if it's a busy life, incorporate it into your busy life. You're thinking about something. You're talking about something. It doesn't take any more time. Just talk about this. So in Deuteronomy 6, he says it's these words, verse 6, these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. So he's going to tell us how to put the word in our heart. Okay? Verse 7, you shall teach them diligently to your children. That means you need to have some Bible reading at home. In your family. That don't just depend on children's church to do all of it. You teach them. You say, well, I'm not a teacher. You don't have to be a teacher to teach the Bible. You may not be a chef, but you can still cook a meal. Right? You don't have to be an expert. Just get the Bible out. And what I tell people to do, just go to the epistles and read a chapter. If you're going to have a family Bible study, don't have it for three hours. Your family will not be at the next one. They'll, they'll all be sick in bed. I, don't, I just can't get in there. I don't know why. Just spend about 15 minutes. Read a chapter. Read it slow. You don't have to study. You don't have to prepare notes. You don't have to look up Greek words. Just read a chapter slowly. And as you're reading, if a thought pops into your head, a comment, stop and comment. Say, well, what if it doesn't? Just keep reading. And, and read the word in your home. Give it a place in your home. Let your family know it's important. That, that it's so important the pastor can't do it all. We're doing it here at home ourselves. And, and, and let them see and allow the word to work. doesn't mean you have to read it all day and have, you know, six-hour Bible study. Just take about 15 minutes, read a chapter or two, comment on it, ask somebody else to comment or whatever. But, but get the word involved, all right? Then he says, he says, you shall talk of them when you sit in your house. I like that. 
because there are times when you're just sitting at home. God knows you're going to be sitting at home. He says, you know, when you're sitting at home, talk about the Word. Just bring up Scripture. Have something that you're feeding on. If you need to write it on a card, do that and have it with you or write it in your phone or whatever. And, and have a Scripture and just bring it up. It won't hurt anything, and it'll allow the Word to work. See, you're getting the Word to work for you in your family, in your home, in your heart. He's telling us how to keep it in your heart. Talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, talk about the Word. Today we don't walk, we drive. So you could say, when you drive down the street, talk about the Word. Cut the news off and, and talk about the Word. Get the Word working, and you'll be amazed at what it'll do to, in your life. And then it says, when you lie down at night. He knows we're going to go to bed at night and go to sleep. He says, you know what? Talk about the Word. Practice that. Put a scripture on, on your bedside, and when you get in bed, just say, you know what? Instead of complaining about the day, I'm just going to talk to you, just share this scripture with you. And go to bed like that. And then he says, you know what? Talk about it when you rise up, when you get up in the morning. Isn't that good? I think that's so practical. And what he's saying is you don't have to have any extra time. You're going to be doing these things anyway. Work the word in. And if you'll do that, you'll start getting the fuel you need to be what God's called you to be. And things that used to be hard, I believe you'll be able to just outgrow them. Isn't that great? So if we don't do these things, if we just live like a, you know, a modern American, we're not getting enough word. And that, I believe, is the source of a whole lot of problems and a lot of books. When somebody starves to death, you know, they can have a myriad of symptoms and things attack them in that state. But the, the, the root problem is malnutrition. Don't let that be our problem. Would you stand with me? I'm sorry I went over. But we're given the word place, aren't we? We want to give the word place in our lives. Or, or you want me to sit down? <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought I was done and so we'll talk more about this tomorrow and I'm going to give you examples and talk about growing and, and, and how to you know just how to do this and, and how to make it work and I believe that if we'll do these simple steps that, that the effects on our lives will just be multiple multiple levels amen praise God praise the Lord be aware of what you're reading and feeding on make sure there's word content enough to make it worth your while you only have so much time amen father we thank you for your word we just ask that you would help us to put the word in our lives in a way that would be pleasing to you. We're not too busy to think about your word. We're not too busy to eat. Help us to find ways to put your word first. We thank you right now that the Holy Spirit is here to illuminate the areas that we need to work in. And I believe this is a, a huge an area that needs some, some huge improvement. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's just make this declaration 
and, and again, this is just willpower, but you do have to start there. But add some fuel to it. Maybe tonight when you get home, spend some time reading your Bible. But let's make this declaration. Say, thank you, Lord, for sending your word down from heaven. I love the word of God, and I rejoice over it as one who's found great spoil. Your words were found, and I did eat them. Help me, Lord, to read your word, think about your word, talk about your word, teach your word in my life. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you'll help me to incorporate God's word into my everyday life. And then I'll make my way prosperous. And then I'll have good success. And whatever I do will prosper. Thank you for the promises. Thank you for the power that is released in me when I feed on your word. Help me, Lord, to get hooked on it, addicted to it, so that I can't live without it. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Pastor.